We've been talking about work-life balance this week, and on that question, you guys are amazing. Think eight, eight, and eight. Eight hours for work, eight hours for family, friends, and other personal needs, eight hours for sleep. Listener from Washington State, here's a big Facebook executive, Cheryl Sandberg. So I wrote Lean In to try to change the conversation on women from what we can't do to what we can. Hey, was Carly Simon ever this generous singing about other women rather than handsome spies? Here's child caretaker in Brooklyn, Judy Hunt. When people ask me how do I do it, because I have four children of my own, that I always tell them it's a balance. It has a give and take, and um, time is not my friend all the time. And an older worker in her 60s still plugging along, staying in the game. I believe that I bring wisdom and experience to the team. Ability is ageless. And Joyce Burgess, a homeschooler down in Louisiana. You nailed it. I didn't sacrifice anything at all because I've graduated my last daughter from homeschooling, and I'm now city councilwoman in my community. Nobody does the work-life thing better than you out there, our listeners and the people participating in this discussion on the program. Part of that is because everybody's resources are different. Everybody's priorities are different. We've been collecting your stories at 8778-MY-TAKE as we explore different experiences in the changing American workplace, the question of work-life balance. Join that conversation. Today, a look at educated, independent women who chose to leave the workforce to raise their children, self-proclaimed feminist stay-at-home moms who make parenting their primary job. Let's introduce uh, Becky Jacobson. Becky, welcome. Hello. How are you? Elizabeth Anderson joins us also. Welcome, Elizabeth. Hello, John. Now, Becky, you went to school at Rutgers University and uh, worked outside, but eventually made a decision uh, to come home and be, uh, you know, in, in this sort of domestic environment. Tell me that story, Becky. Um, well, I mean, I got married when I was 24. I had finished school. We always knew we wanted to have kids. And I think part of me always thought that when we had kids, I'd probably continue to work. I imagined financially it would be quite a stretch for me to be able to stay at home anyway. But I think a lot of mothers probably experience this. Once you actually have kids and the prospect of that, of the work-home balance is you're confronted with that, it's it's a totally different reality. Um, and I worked for 18 months after my first son was born. I was fortunate enough to work from home, but I worked for 18 months after my son was born, and it was, an for me, it was an awful experience. I didn't love what I was doing, um, and I just, I didn't feel like I was doing a good job in any facet of my life. I wasn't, I wasn't a good employee. I wasn't a good mother. I wasn't a good wife, and it's, it just felt like so much compromise that, we we strove uh, we strove financially for me to be able to stay at home, and it's you know that's been economically difficult for us. But I've never regretted that decision. Elizabeth Anderson, how did you make the decision? Well, I got my degree in education, and I was an educator, and really just decided I wanted to start my family. And so I just said to my husband, we had a discussion one day, and I said I want to leave the workforce and raise my family. And quite honestly. He was hesitant with that because there is such concern about women feeling they are, quote, unquote, just a mom. And he was worried that I would soon regret that. But my children are 14 and 16, and not a day has gone by that I regret my decision. But has a day gone by where either of you have heard the, oh, you're just a mom kind of uh, judgment question about what? Uh, what kind of a model is that for your kids, Becky? 
to some to some degree, but not really. I'm surrounded by people who are by women who are also stay at home moms. So in my immediate circle, that's not common. I think we're more confronted with that in general. It's hard to introduce yourself to people when you're in a crowd of people you don't know, and it's oh, what do you do? And I my response is well, I stay at home with the kids, and I and I've always tried to avoid the phrase well, I'm just a mom because just a mom does not begin to cover it. No, exactly. Elizabeth Anderson, do you uh, sometimes bite your lip when you say just a mom? I think it is a very difficult thing. I also am like Becky in the sense that I have not personally had a lot of problems being classified as just a mom. However, when I am out with other people and they will say, why, what do you, what is it that you do? What is your job? And I say, well, I'm a mother inevitably most women will say, oh, well, what made you choose to do that? But I've never asked somebody, well, why did you choose to be a lawyer? Why did you choose this? That's what worked for our family. And I find that the most conflict that I get from people really is from other women. What do you think's going on there? Do you think women have a a, a sense of suspicion or intolerance if they're in the corporate world over your decision, Becky? say I wouldn't say it's suspicion I think it's I I would say it's probably frustration I mean there's so many women in the workforce who I I know so many women who are working because it's not financially feasible for them to stay home it's incredibly difficult and I think I think it's just frustration on their part that there's not more resources available but I think it's very easy to point the fingers at other women and say you know it's a it's a women's issue and I'm sorry. I need more time to like formulate a I good can, answer. I can hear your frustration, though. No, this is a this is a <laughs> huge existential deal. I, mean, I hear a lot of these conversations sort of trailing off in the middle of, uh, you know, of, of, of coffee and tea. Um, Elizabeth Anderson, uh, what do you think of the lean-in discussion from executives like Sheryl Sandberg, who say, uh, "Here's the way you can assert yourself better and and make your choices uh, more respected." Well, I think the hardest thing is. It's, it's kind of hard to formulate because I think that women feel that women that choose to stay home are either being forced to do it, their husband is making them. We have this antiquated belief that we're still in the 50s and everybody is this housewife just because that's what their spouse wants. And I find that women tend to have a harder time not judging other women. And I find it to be empowering to be at home and to choose to raise my daughters that they are capable of being anything that they want to be, whether it's a stay-at-home mom or in the workforce. Interesting. Becky, do you have a a difficult time not judging other women before we go? No, not at all. I mean, you know, I think think if we've learned anything from feminism, we've learned from the past 40 years that there's – the the gains that we've made to be able to make these choices, and I think Elizabeth hit the nail on the head. Like, you know, we've chosen to stay at home, and that's that's our prerogative. And I've I've always viewed I've always viewed this. You know, my ability to stay at home is not um, backtracking for feminism. Feminism allowed me to make the choice All to right. stay home uh, instead th- of the thank, expectation. Thanks for the candor, Becky J- Jacobson and Elizabeth Anderson. Both chose to stay at home and raise their kids. And they had options in the workforce. Thanks so much. We'd love to hear your story. 8778-MY-TAKE. Hey, 
there's a lot going on right now. Mounting economic inequality, threats to democracy, environmental disaster, the sour stench of chaos in the air. I'm Brooke Gladstone, host of WNYC's On the Media. Want to understand the reasons and the meanings of the narratives that led us here? And maybe how to head them off at the pass? That's On the Media's specialty. Take a listen wherever you get your podcasts.